Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Furtado. In today's episode, I interview Evan Unrau, Director of Peace Players Los Angeles. So in this podcast, we talk about what is Peace Players, how the sport of basketball can use, be used for social change, and how to be an incredibly effective coach with this one simple tip. Make sure to listen to the whole episode to find out all this information. All right, let's dive in. Hello, Evan. Welcome to the Bridging Impact Podcast. I'm thrilled for our conversation today. I'm excited to talk about your experience now as a director of Los Angeles of, at Peace Players, um, your experience as a college basketball coach, and your just experience overall in, in life. And so... How we like to start these podcasts is we like to understand the definition of what you think of impactful leadership is and how that impactful leadership shows up in your role at Peace Players. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here today. Um, That's a big question. Um, Yep. I guess when I think about leadership in general, it's kind of like, you know, how, how do you move a person or a group towards something. Um, I think whether that's positively, if you do if you do, if you do a good job or a bad job, um, you know the output could be something that's positive or it could be something negative or it's kind of something all the way in between. Um, so like positive, impactful leadership. It's how you, you know, it's how you move a group towards a, you know a, a, an outcome that is successful. Um, that's kind of how I think about it. Right. And then how does that how does that positive impact kind of show up as in your role uh, in Peace Players? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so Peace Players. So, so we're uh, an international nonprofit that works um, all across the globe um, here in Los Angeles. We are working in Watson, South L.A. Um, and we use basketball to bridge the divide in communities and conflicts. Um, we also are uh, working to develop like uh, a global network of youth leaders. Um, and we're, you know, working to provide equitable opportunities and kind of under-resourced communities. Um, so leadership in relationship to the, to the space that I work in is kind of like multifaceted. Um, the easiest one is I have a team that's underneath me. Um, so I am, the le- I am the leader of the Los Angeles team, which means we have two, two full-time staff underneath me and then a, a group, a cohort of coaches. Um, so leadership in respect to our team is, is um, how our team accomplishes the goals that are, are set by us, our, our KPIs, our, our key pred- uh, predictive indicators that we develop with our U.S. leadership team. Um, so there's like directly leading our team, our group of people. Um, I think I'm also part of like a U.S. leadership team. So uh, how am I a leader within a group of people that are my um Kind of counterparts, uh, my equals. Um, so how do I show up into that space and be a leader with that group? Um, and then I think just like in the space that we work in, like how are we helping? Like are we helping? Um, uh, how am I? You know, how am I communicating with with other nonprofits within Los Angeles? How am I communicating with our partners? Like how are we all working together towards um, this goal that that Peace Players has? Um, so I think of the kind of like these leadership in these different spaces, specific to, to peace players. 
Right, and the leadership probably looks differently in, in each role that you're kind of playing in. So I'm curious, you know, you're talking about how your definition of leadership was like having moving a person or a group towards something. And let's break it down to the micro level when we're going to Watts in South LA. Um, for those of you all that, for those that are listening right now, right? Like I'm a little more familiar with Peace Fighters myself. Even though I haven't quite coached a day yet, I've had my training, so I have a little bit of background on where the goals and the mission are. But for that, um, where is Peace Players trying to move, you know, people that come to the organization of Peace Players, specifically the youth, the youth leaders, where are we hoping to move them? Um, going forward. Yeah, sure. So, so peace players is again like we have these like three buckets that we're kind of we're kind of looking to to have impact in, and, and so again that's like like bridging these like cultural divides, um, creating these youth leaders, and then you know um, you know providing these equitable opportunities to, to the, the kids we're working with. So. Um, I guess if we're talking about like what is like success in terms of, of the work that we're doing right now, it's you know for us, there's some organizations, there's some groups where it's like like breadth is more important than depth, and for us, depth right. is really important. And so um, the peace players, it's a long-term game. Um, you know, we have uh, we work with this life cycle of a peace player. So it's someone who's in middle school who then. Um, as part of our peace league and they transition into high school and then they're part of our LDP program and then they transit transition into um, college uh, and then we're hiring them back as as youth coaches um, they're part of our leadership academy um, we're help supporting them with like uh, you know career readiness skills um, and then the idea is to eventually uh, get them to a spot where we can hire them as full-time staff members. Um, and so it's a really long-term game that requires a lot of depth of connection and work and opportunities um, provided. And it's something where if you go to like our international sites, like if you go to Israel, if you go to South Africa, um, you know, Northern Ireland, it's like live and well, like there's kids that, you know, are program managers that started off as peace leaders, um, you know, a number of years ago, the organizations were around, you know, 20 years uh, internationally. So for us in the US, we're just very young in that life cycle. So um, just creating that like depth of relationship starting in middle school, and then just continuing to build from there. Um, it's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, 100%. I, and that's exactly what I was my, my follow up question is going to be about kind of the depth of relationships and in, in terms of the the movement and how it's like bridging bridging divides essentially in some of these different areas and globally right like you can have ideas of of coming together and working together but you actually have to like build relationships to do so so i'm curious you know how what is you know peace players how does that they facilitate these relationships between you know basketball players and using it as as a tool to yeah. bring about social change yeah, for us, it's, uh, it's we want to show up and we want to keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up and just be really consistent in that. Um, you know, we don't want to be an organization where the kids see us one day and they don't see us, you know, the next. Um, you know, we really, you know, being a stable, reliable organization, stable, reliable programming, stable, reliable coaches. Um, who it's not just like we show up and roll a basketball out onto the court and it's like, okay, peace out, we see it. Well, you know, maybe we'll see you next week, maybe we won't. Um, you know, there's times when that's what we've had to do uh, to kind of just like start and, 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 you know, get the excitement and the attention around what we're doing. But it's more about like, 
um, creating that like depth of programming where we're learning about who these kids are as people. We're learning about the things that they're struggling with. We're learning about what their aspirations are. Um, we're trying to develop relationships with their parents. Um, we're trying to build, you know, relationships with other community members that are kind of the infrastructure around them. Um, and again, like I said, it's it's a it's a it's a long game. Um, it does not something that's going to happen like that. Uh, but we're you know we're really committed and passionate about like the potential for peace players in Los Angeles and just the potential for its um, you know impact and the the kids we're working with the families we're working with. Yeah, no, it's definitely, and I think that's the reason why I wanted to coach and, and work with Peace Players, so I can definitely testify to that and the mission, but I want to back up a little bit and, you know, kind of ask you, why did you, how, how did you end up joining, you know, Peace Players as the director and give us a little bit more backstory on, on why this is important to you? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, gosh, where do I start? Um, so I'm on my, like, fourth or fifth career. Um which is like, if you asked me 20 years ago, like, is that what your professional career would have yeah. been like? I would have been like, absolutely not. Um, right. so I, I played college basketball, I played professional basketball. Um, and I thought that when I was playing overseas, I was like, had this idea that like, I wanted to be Tara Vanderveer. I wanted to be Pat Summit. So I, I really thought I wanted to be a college coach. Um, and so I began that journey. It was a, a video coordinator with Stanford, which was awesome. We actually, um, my year, we went to the Final Four, went to the National Championship game. I got smacked by Candace Parker um, last year at Tennessee and Coach Pat Summit. Um, and then from there, I, I started my coaching career. I coached at um, UC Santa Barbara, uh, coached at Santa Clara, coached at USC. Um, I went back to Stanford. I went back to UC Santa Barbara, so kind of just like, traveled up doing a little tour on the west coast um and it's a I, I really enjoy it it's a i do miss it at certain times there's you know a lot of um a lot of joy that's comes from the the coaching profession but you know i think also that's a lot all about people and there was a couple stops where I, I didn't exactly kind of align with you know the environment and the people that i was working with and that can be hard in that profession especially um it really I really wanted to be like one place for a long time um, and just kind of got tired of, of hopping around. And as I got older, I was really looking for some more stability in my life. Um, so I, um, uh, my wife at the time was not my wife. She uh, was a professional basketball player playing overseas in Turkey. Um, and in the middle of playing overseas had gone to law school. Um, so she also got to, she's a Turkish, um, so she played in the, the Rio Olympics for Turkey um, in 2016. And then the idea was for her to like retire and then let's like settle down in Santa Barbara. Um, but she got a, a pretty cool job um, in Los Angeles. So we were like, this is a long story, a long story. Um, we were like kind of traversing back and forth from, from LA to Santa Barbara and it just wasn't sustainable after living four years, of, uh, four years apart overseas. Um, so I just kind of said like, okay, like I've been doing this coaching thing for about 10 years. Like you got a, you know, the big lawyer job. So like, let's, let's let you take the lead for a little bit. So that's what we did. Um, kind of packed everything up and moved to LA. And, um, I had an idea that I wanted to get into like sport nonprofit. Um, and so really just started networking and volunteering and, you know, taking phone, getting her, not taking, uh, making phone calls with different people and setting up meetings and, um, 
tried my hand in a lot of different things and um, I had an opportunity with the PCA, which is Positive Coaching Alliance. Um, so I did that for about 10 months and then uh, that turned into, uh, I was running the basketball department at the LA Clippers. So I did that for about two years and that was just like awesome. Um, could, have, could have stayed there for a long time um, until Peace Players called. Um, I had a chance in 2014 uh, to go to Cyprus uh, as a VIP for their summer camp. Uh, myself and a, a guy named Pat Garrity played in the NBA for a long time. Now the two of us were like the US VIPs um, and just like the experience changed my life. I went back the next summer, my wife went back the next summer, then I went back the next summer, then we both went back the next summer to Cyprus. So just kind of like really got ingrained into the, the Peace Players family. And um, when I was in LA, they launched in 2018 and just try to be supportive, especially in my work at the Clippers. Um, and then, yeah, opportunity opened up and, um, you know, I was, it was a hard, you know, it was one of those things where it was like a hard decision to leave like a, a cool job in the, in the NBA, especially like in the youth, youth basketball space, especially as a woman in that, in that space. But, you know, Peace Players really aligns with kind of like who I am and what I'm about. So um, just had to, I'd make the jump and you know just really grateful that I had the opportunity to so. right it was kind of that that journey you were kind of journeying around as a coach you know and didn't have quite that consistency and then you know you find find your way down here in LA because that's just where the the next chapter took you and and honestly like what we were talking about pre-podcast Evan was giving me advice for those of you listening about like just kind of putting putting ourselves out there and kind of networking and and doing small volunteering and or or paid gigs or if it's one or two times a day just getting out there um and I think I and now it seems like it, everything kind of built on each other you went to the Clippers and then I want to kind of fast forward before you take the position uh, here in LA to like what about being in Cyprus like really connected with you yeah um one I love travel in general um I just think that there's just there's something just like so special about being someplace like different than what you're used to, right? Like just the, um, you know, for me, I love like art and like architecture and things like that. So just like you know, internationally, like a lot of times there's a lot of those history and art and a lot of those things are, are really cool um, to kind of see in, in person, but just like, you know, I love playing overseas. I loved, you know, getting an invite from one of my teammates to come over to their house and, you know, have a homemade cooked meal of something I've never like seen in my whole entire life. Um, and just learning about political systems and, you know, the realities of a culture totally different than mine. Like, it just really helps, I think, put your own personal life in perspective. Um, I just love travel in general. Um, and so, Cyprus combined like travel, basketball, and then just being around just like like kids um, who are in Cyprus. Kind of the conflict is there's the the island is literally like split in two. There's Turkish Cypriots and there's Greek Cypriots, and there's like a, a buffer zone, a UN buffer zone. So like you literally have to like get a pass, show your passport to go from one side to the other. Um, it's wild um but like you know you have these kids who like they are 13 14 15 16 year olds but they're like really are motivated for change and to kind of move the needle and 
move past some of the historical barriers that they've kind of grown up with. And that's just like incredibly inspiring to be around these young people who just have this like wherewithal. Um, and then I would say maybe my second or third year of doing the camp, it was a year where they brought kids from all of the different international sites. And I just remember like hanging out at the end of the day, we're all exhausted, it's hot. Um, just like the adults and coaches were hanging around a pool, just kind of chatting. Uh, and then like the kids were over like in a circle and they were playing this like stupid game, but it was like, it was like the Greek Cypriot sitting next to like the Palestinian girls, sitting next to like the, um, you know, the Northern Ireland the, or the, the Protestant guys sitting next to like the kid from South Africa. And it was just like these kids who were just like kids. Um, and there wasn't, you know, they like, sure they, they they have a lot of things about them but they were just kids connecting and, and there wasn't you know religion race politics any of that type of stuff they were just kids being kids um so i think just since then i've just been like sold these players like whatever i can do to to be part of the organization to support the organization like i'm all in so no i think that's beautiful and i think um seeing humans as humans right that's one of the values core values of peace players and i know that what we've been talking about internally with like coaching and how we're how we all design the curriculum um for the players to kind of you know collaborate and work together and and obviously see the co their coaches as as human and see themselves as human I'm curious, you know, what, what are the possibilities of doing that? Because if we obviously live in, like, we don't need to sugarcoat it, like a society where, like, politics are incredibly fragmented, and that's probably putting it in a kind way. Um, and it's just like there's so much division. And we, especially with the Internet and, and the rise of kind of living in our own kind of groups, our own, uh, you know, tribes right like it's us versus them i really like would love to unpack a little bit more of like the value seeing humans as humans yeah um it sounds really easy <laughs> right right uh it's incredibly difficult um you know i think a lot of those things are learned behaviors and it's generational it's passed on and passed on and passed on and passed on um and i think that's why working with kids in particular and trying to provide a different perspective, provide education, provide um, experiential opportunities, opportunities to travel and to meet, you know, someone who doesn't look like you or someone who has different experiences as you is just so incredibly important. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of kids who grow up and all of a sudden they are adults and now they're put into a situation where, again, that someone who thinks differently than they do, looks differently than they do, and they don't know how to deal with that. Um, and if you've grown up in an environment where those differences aren't celebrated um, or they're not um, like tolerance um, is not taught and um, you know just having an inquisitive nature about trying to understand something that you don't understand um, I think that a lot of where a lot of our problems stem from um, so again just like the importance of like just trying to get to kids early um, is just really, really, really important because I think it's really hard to change minds and behaviors and you know, kind of things that have been ingrained in you since a little kid. Once you're once you're older, um, so just the importance and the value of like getting kids when they're young. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and getting them to to work and collaborate and just just live a little bit more with compassion um for those differences that we all have you know some of us whether whether it's racially politically 
economically. Um, there are so many different ways that I do think it is. I think that that's why I enjoy working with youth is because there's something about like the possibilities that, that youth bring that they can bring that change versus like trying to like change an adult's mind, just like beating your head against the wall or something. Right. And, and I, I'd like to talk about the, the next value that I, I actually am a big believer in is like inside out transformation. Yeah. And especially in a world where we're looking so externally, um, Oh, like we Google, like, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I change this? But a lot of times, like in terms of like making like real positive change in our own like lives and then our own communities, it like starts kind of with ourselves and within our own communities. And I'm curious, you know, if you could elaborate more on that value. Yeah. Um, it's a hard one. Um, yeah, they're not easy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to be able to look at yourself and be like, gosh, and maybe I got that one wrong, or like, gosh, maybe mm. I'm not right on that. Um, you know, I think a quality we could all be better at is just listening. Um, you know, I think that like you just listen to somebody else's story if you. If you listen to somebody's voice or listen to how they tell a story or listen to how they talk or just, you know, listen and watch. Um, I, I think there's a lot of value from that. Um, you know, I think like, can I, if I'm hearing you, if I'm providing you an opportunity to tell your story, right? Does that, and then I have the maturity and the wherewithal to be able to listen to that and then take it in. And does that change how I feel about something? Um, but I think you have to stop and listen to people before you can make, make change within yourself. Um, and I think it's like, you know, like I try to check myself on stuff all of the time. There's like a lot of things that like, I think I know, or I thought I knew and I'm like, Oh no, I got that wrong. Um, and it's just like acknowledging that you're not right about everything and acknowledging that there's, you know, there's things that you need to get better at and like, you know, just continuing to have that like growth mindset, um, but trying to like the having the urgency and the desire to change and to get better and to understand things that maybe don't come as easy to you as other things. Um, inside out transformation, it's, it's a hard one, um, but I think it's you know critically important for us to kind of get anywhere in this, in this craziness that we live in. Hundred percent. Yeah. No. Listening is definitely one that the, there's obviously the old saying like you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, yeah. but it's one of those things that's like we could talk about, but it's actually a, quite a bit more like I mean it's simple, but it's like kind of hard to always do, right? Like sometimes like we want to get our point across, um, and we're just thinking about our response. Like if I'm like in this podcast, like I, I'm not going to listen to what. She, Evan has to say, I am going to think about my next question I'm going to ask, which is honestly how I started podcasting. Like I was just, I was really bad. And so kind of that's like, you have to learn from that. Yeah. But I do think listening is a, a really important skill and it's something that I'm learning more and more. And, you know, I, I really do try and practice and, and get better at. I'm curious, you know, with the the thought of listening and talking about storytelling, and it's honestly one of the reasons I'm, I love podcasting and having conversations is like, do you have any like stories that come to mind of, I guess, you know, quote unquote success stories, but really just like, you know, players going through and living the peace player's mission and, and being affected by that in a positive way. Yeah. Um, I think I could give you, I mean, I guess that, um, I can use this in like a personal story and also how it kind of like translates to like our work with these players. 
Um, I would say that like, and, and you may not see this at this point, Justin, like I'm not a big talker. Like I am a leader of this team, but I am not like a, like a, you know, you'll find that like, I'll have like, all right, Nat, you like take the lead and kind of communicate on a lot of different things. I don't really enjoy talking all that much. Um, but like a lot of that is a product that just like, um, like things I've experienced as like a kid. Um, like I had a little bit of a, a tough upbringing. I, I uh, lost my father to suicide when I was seven. Uh, my uh, uh, my sister was like a drug addict, an alcoholic. My mom remarried, she divorced, he was abusive. But he, he committed suicide. So just like a lot of craziness as a kid. Um, and so for me, like sports was like really this like opportunity to like, I let sports, I let my, I let my like physical movement speak for me. Um, and I think you see that a lot in a lot of kids who deal with trauma is like, aren't always the most like talkative, um, but like kind of more like are watching and listening. Um, my goddad, who was my AU coach, I, I named my daughter after him. We have these like funny stories about how he says I used to just like watch him in practice. Um, and he'd be like, what? why is this kid just like always staring at me? Um, right. But it was basically like I was watching to see if I could trust him. Um, Cause I just kind of had this like slew of just these kind of like really tough life experiences. Um, so I, I think you also see that um, with a lot of the kids that we're working with is they're, they have an antenna, uh, antenna out for like, can I trust you? Um, is what you're telling, like, can I, can I rely on you? Um, like all of those qualities that are just like really, really, really important. And like I was mentioning earlier, just like for us as peace players that show up consistently and show up with incredible energy all the time and be reliable and all of those things are just critically important. Um, because I think that's, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the kids that we're, we're dealing with um, have also dealt with, you know, not experiences similar to mine, some may, but like their own version of like trauma um, in their lives, whether it's like in the community around them, whether it's in their home, whether it's at school. Um, so just those things are just really, really, really important. I think you touched on an, an important piece in, in showing up and being consistent because it is about building the trust, you know, with their team, whether it's coaching youth or coaching or just working, you know, if you're working in an office or, or if you're teaching. But I, I'm curious, you know, for those that are listening that um, maybe working or teaching or coaching other, you know, players or, or students with, you know, trauma, are there other, what are some of like, the ways that that coaches can be those that supportive like nurturing caring person that coaches are a lot of coaches set out to be yeah i think it's like like coaching's hard um if i'm thinking about like college coaching like there were days where like i had to show up to like be on the bus at like 5 30 in the morning because we were going to drive two hours to the airport we got to travel and all this type of stuff and if I don't want to be there, you know, the kids don't want to be there, um, especially if maybe you lost it the day before or whatever. Um, but like, I knew that if I showed up and I was pouty pouty and I had a bad attitude, the kids saw that, then that gave them a pass to be able to do the same thing. Um, and so you have to care enough about the opportunity, the potential for their success um, to then like hold yourself to a different standard. So it's 5 30 on the bus um i will be the first pinning you see with a big smile on my face and i'm waving and 
you know, good morning. And they're like, ah, oh, Coach E, like, how do you, why do you have so much energy? And I'm like, hey, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think that you, even, right. if you do that once, you have to do it every single time. Because then yeah. this like, you know, as a coach, what do we hate the players who are like this, where it's like, you never know what you're going to get. Um, right. You have to like model that yourself as a coach and as a leader. Um, like I have to show up every single day on top of my, you know, on top of my stuff. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't going to be days that like you struggle as a leader or a coach. Um, there right. are absolutely going to be. And I think that we live in this culture right now where it's much more acceptable to say, hey, I'm struggling. And it's a, an amazing thing that we have this opportunity to say, I'm struggling. Um, so if I'm having a day like that, like you bet I'm going to tell my team like, hey guys, I'm struggling right now. Like I apologize if you feel something off with me is kind of what I've got going on. Um, so I, you know, I think that there's a lot of value and also being able to like um, communicate that. And I think it's just more accepted um, for you to share that. Um, but yeah, you just like, you have to want the what's best, you know, you have to want, want to seize what the best potential out of the kids that, that it, that's possible. And that means like sometimes like sacrificing yourself and that's like part of being a coach. Um, Cause it's hard, but the payoff is, you know, it's really beautiful whether that's, whether that's winning the game, whether that's a kid graduating, whether that's a kid, you know, getting off the bench, whether that's a kid overcoming an injury, just all of those successes come in really different forms. And it's just like, um, all that hard stuff that it takes on your end is just, it's worth it. Yeah. And it's, it is, I think a, a couple of things like you have to be vulnerable and, and, you know, part of it coach like if you want your your players to be real with you you have to kind of be real with them first and kind of lead the way and take the steps and then at the same time you have to if you want you know your players or your organization to hit a standard you have to hit that standard for yourself every time even even when you don't want to even on those days and when it's 5 30 and it's like yeah if you if you just showed up and gave everyone nucks and like was sleeping like you know they're gonna be pretty sleepy for the next game right they're they're looking for that leadership i have this coach who was like anytime there'd be like a stressful point in the game she'd be like you know she'd call a timeout she'd like sprint over and she'd be like you have to relax like, calm down. She'd be, yeah. like, be like veins popping out of her head. It's just kind of like, right. kids are just like, like that's not helping, right? Like, nah, who you know? As, as adults to like regulate ourselves and, you know, be aware of that. Um, and also have a staff around you who'd be like, hey, this is not yet. You know what? When you like yell like that in those type of situations, like it's actually not helping. So it's just. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like you're, you're, you're not helping whatsoever. Like you're, you have to demonstrate. I think that's kind of where the old wisdom comes from. Like your, your actions need to match the words that you're talking about. And I've been kind of like, you know, obviously still a new coach, but listening to different things. Like if you say like, oh, practice is so important, and then you treat it so important, but you play, you know, your most talented players who honestly don't practice that hard are you really living to those values or if you're that that coach that comes in in the huddle and just screams calm down like it's it, not gonna it goes the office it translates to the office too right like if you're the coach that's like you know you have to communicate or you have to call out screens you have to talk to each other but then you go back to the office and you don't talk to your staff you don't effectively mm. communicate things mm. you're frustrated with you don't effectively communicate things that you want to see different you don't can you know, effectively celebrate, you know, small things or acknowledge people's, you know, 
growth in certain spaces, like that stuff matters. If you talk about working hard, talking to your players, you got to work hard and you got to put time in the gym, but you check out and go home and don't watch all that film and, you know, all the type of stuff. So just like a lot of accountability that has to come with like, to your point, like matching how you're, how you're leading your team as has to also match about how you lead yourself and how you lead the people around you also. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really interesting point that you brought up because I kind of, we're starting to talk a little bit more in society about bringing your whole self to work. And it's almost like, why, why would I, you know, preach this to, you know, my teams or, or even put it on my, on a podcast. And then at home, uh, I'll just like, let it go. So it's kind of like acting on your principles at uh, all times. So I'm curious, like what, what your thoughts are on like the, the phrase, like bring your whole self to work. Yeah. Um, I think of it more, it's like, I think there's a lot of talk about like authenticity. Um, mm-hmm. Something I've really probably had the most most growth in as a, like a leader throughout my last part of my career is just like this like comfort and like confidence and like who I am as a person. Um, like knowing that like I'm not perfect. There's a lot of spaces where I have shortcomings. Um, some of my shortcomings I am like very well aware of um, and I try to really kind of like uh, fill those gaps around me. Um, there's some shortcomings that I'm sure I don't I don't know are there and I'm like really open and willing to like learning what they are and try to get better at them. Um, but I think like having the authenticity to like be like, hey, this is who I am, right? Like, yep. Yep. you know, um, and I think that I think that puts people at ease um, I think it allows people to also show up like as who they are, um, you know, and it's like, I want to be celebrated for who I am. I want to be like, you know, I think it's fun to have like a team around you who can like make fun of you for the weird things that you do. And it's like, I want to be able to make fun of you for the weird right. things that you do. And it's, right. just, it's just like creating that, like that environment of just like we all are who we are and we all have these like yeah. great things about us these weird things about us and these you know hard things about us um and all of those things are okay like nobody's perfect um, and i think that that like trickles down to your team as well um you know, even with peace players like creating this environment where it's like the kids know that like you know coach justin is like has a weird sensitivity to X and like the kids will make fun of coach Jessen for that. But like, you can then also make fun of them for like whatever they do. And it just kind of creates right. like, really, really just like safe space for kids to be who they are and for, you know, for coaches to be who they are. Um, and that's stuff celebrated. Like, I just think that's when you have like really good chemistry. In the team. Yeah. And that team chemistry, that team camaraderie is like, that's like, that's everything. And I think that's probably, you know, thinking about, if we think about sports, I, I'm honestly like growing up, you know, I kind of like stopped liking the Warriors because they're so good. But I read Steve Kerr's book and, and their last team, the last title that they won, they had like the most, most is like most touch points. Yeah. Like they're always given a high fives. And it's just like that is contagious. That's a way of kind of like making teams a better place because. They, they love playing with each other. And I'm sure that, you know, Steph makes fun of Clay. Clay makes fun of Draymond. You know, the, the list goes on. And, and 
you know, bringing your goofy self to work as, you know, we haven't worked in person quite yet, but you're going to notice that like I'm, I have very goofy idiosyncrasies and, you know, at first the kids are going to think it's weird, but you know, then, then they can make fun of me and, you know, we make fun of them and it, it goes back and forth. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's good. I'll find something to make fun of you too. And, 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 and that, yeah. But that, that's what's fun is like when you we realize at the end of the day, especially with basketball, like it's something I've really been realizing is like we're literally throwing like a, a round ball in a in a hole. But if you do it really well, you can get paid millions of dollars and it's a huge industry. So but at the end of the day, like it's it's just all for fun and, and to, you know, have a good time doing it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And it's and it builds trust. Right. Like if I. If I, if I trust you enough or or you trust me enough that we can like have that banter and have that, you know, all of that, then it's like, that just helps, you know, helps the product on the court. It helps the product in the classroom. It helps the product, you know, in the office, um, just like that, that, you know, authenticity, that like mutual understanding, like just breeds that trust. Yeah, absolutely. So as we wrap up our conversation, um, I'd like to finish the podcast on, you know, what advice you have to coaches, leaders who want to kind of uplift and impact the next generation of leaders, um, any resources that you recommend and where people can either find you or peace players and, and find out more. Yeah. Um, I think the world is hungry for like, coaches and, and youth leaders uh, and at the end of the day if it's basketball like you know what's the quote like it doesn't matter like uh, what is it it doesn't matter what you say or what you do it's like how you it matters how you make me feel um, mm -hmm. yeah that's just incredibly true like you may not be like the best X's and O's coach or you may not have the most experienced coaching or you may not have the most experience doing X, Y, and Z but like if you're a good human and you truly care about youth and, and the opportunity to like be, you know, be a positive force in a young person's life, like that's tremendously more important than um, than those other things. So like, get out there, put yourself out there. Um, you know, we need more female coaches. Um, we need more female role models. Um, you know, we need, need more women who are visible in the lives of not only young girls but young boys. Um, I, I think that, you know seeing women in leadership positions at a young age especially if you're a young boy like that helps change perceptions because you know i think we find out daily um whether you follow sports or not that there's still a, a lot of um you know a long ways to go in terms of like gender equity and um, perceptions of like women in athletics um other advice um yeah just like show up and keep showing up uh, it's just really 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 important you know, find something that you feel like you're good at and like provide your time in that, in that, um, whether if it's like, you know, maybe it's a volunteer as a non, as a, like a providing marketing support, volunteer to provide social media support, volunteer to provide financial support, like just find an opportunity to, to give back. Cause there's like a lot of kids, a lot of families, a lot of communities in need, um, in LA and, and all across the world. Um, just people need your support. Beautiful. And any resources you recommend? You know, um, reading, watching. Yeah, resources. Um, Junior NBA does uh, specific to basketball. Junior NBA does a lot. Has a lot of really good content online. Um, 
uh, especially their Her Time to Play initiative. It's uh, an initiative to try to get um, increase the participation and retention of girls in sports. So there's a lot of resources for coaching girls, um, but then just coaching kids in general. Um, Positive Coaching Alliance has a lot of great resources um, for parents, uh, for first-time coaches. Um, uh, Mojo is a new app that's out there. Um, had an opportunity to work with, uh, help develop their basketball curriculum. They're awesome. They have done um, soccer, basketball, flag football, um, but just providing a uh, an app that helps build practice plans um, and drills ideas for kind of first-time coaches. Um, which is really, really, really cool. Um, I mean, it's the internet. There's a ton of resources out there. Yeah. Just Google something. Yeah. Um, but I think those th those three are pretty reliable. USA Basketball also has a ton of great resources on their website that are free. They have coaching clinics for all ages, kind of all across the U.S. Um, yeah, lots, lots of opportunities to to learn and grow. Perfect. And finally, where can people either connect with you or um, learn more about Peace Players? Yeah, sure. So Peace Players, uh, you can check us out online. It's www.peaceplayers.org. Um, you can learn more about the organization internationally, our work in the U.S., and then uh, specific to Los Angeles. Always reach out to me. I am E-U-N-R-A-U at peaceplayers.org via email. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not a TikToker, uh, but like you know, you can find me there as well. But uh, yeah, happy to happy to support and help uh, in any way. And if there's you know people have interest in, in the work that we're doing and Peace Players LA specifically, like hit me up. Um, it's really important. It's really important for us to kind of like share what we're doing, um, share our message, and just try to like spread the word and you know hopefully you know find support whether that's financial, whether that's um, coaching, whether that's, you know, just getting the word out. Um, it's really, really important for us. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Evan. I enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like, subscribe, leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts and this is why I do it. I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward make an impact on the world. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, Cheers.